0: Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. Well, here we go. Week one of lovers in a dangerous time. All around the world right now, people are living in isolation. People are separating and distancing and finding themselves quarantined with uh, only the people in their direct circle. As we live through this time, I think it's probably a pretty dangerous time to be single. It's also a pretty dangerous time to be dating, a pretty dangerous time to be married, and oh man, if you're frustrated, it's a pretty dangerous time to be frustrated. Relationships, they're kind of the greatest part of life, and yet they also expose some of the most difficult parts of life, especially in times like these. So we wanna focus throughout the month of May on how to grow healthier relationships and grow healthier ideas around relationships so that we can thrive in every relationship in our lives. So if you're single or you're dating, you're married, or you're frustrated somewhere in between, I'm really confident that the series of talks we have over this month and the, the conversations and hubs and for those who are married, if you jump in on, on the couples therapy, all these things are gonna help us as we grow healthier relationships. Let me read you one passage of scripture before we dive into today's message. It comes out of Ecclesiastes verse 4, uh, chapter 4, I should say, and verse 9. It says this: Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity the one who falls down and has no one to help them up. Also, If two lie down together, they'll keep one another warm. But how do you keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Relationships, they bring strength to life. They bring success to life. They bring comfort to life. They bring the ability to overcome to life. And here, what is illuminated is it's actually a cord of three strands that's not quickly broken. In other words, a relationship that is not just between two people, but two people where there is this Christ-centered understanding in the middle that it's me and it's you and it's Jesus too. And together, we can have healthy relationships. So let's pray and believe that God will do that in all of us, no matter what. Stage and phase of life we're in and then we're going to go from there. Jesus, thank you so much that you're with us right now. I pray that you would bring health and vision and excitement to every relationship represented here. For the people in this place who are single, I pray that you'd bring encouragement. For those who are dating, that you bring encouragement. For those who are married, oh God, we need your encouragement. And for those who are frustrated, certainly your encouragement on all our relationships. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey man, today I want to, I want to share a message with you and it's, it's titled very simply, That's Not Good. A couple of weeks ago, in fact, just before the lockdowns came as a result of COVID-19, Jennifer and I and our kids were on a road trip and we were making our way down the Pacific coast on our way to Southern California. And on our way down in Northern California, we thought we would make our way into San Francisco. Uh, only Kezia, my oldest, had ever been to San Fran before. And I, of course, have been, but none of the other kids. So we said, we're going to San Francisco. We're going to experience some great food and some good coffee and some views. We're going to see that Golden Gate Bridge. And so we were on our way into the city. And and as we were approaching the Golden Gate Bridge, I noticed that the heat gauge on my vehicle, it went from cold or normal and in one moment, it shifted and went to an overheated state. And I, I'm driving across the Golden Gate Bridge. And of course, there's a little fog coming in because it's San Francisco. And and I see my heat gauge go directly to overheated. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was just this. Well, that's not good. You know, what was happening at that moment in time in my engine was truly not good. There was something missing, some coolant missing. Now, fortunately, we made it uh, to a... a uh, auto body mechanic and I could get the, the fluid we needed and, and we could carry on. But what was happening was this indicator that something was wrong. There was something that was out of place. And if I persisted with the wrong, uh, you know, combination of chemicals and coolants, I was actually on my way towards destruction. When it comes to relationships, I think there are indicators that something isn't right, that, that if we can learn to, to see them early and see them as like a gauge On a dashboard, they would actually help us from crashing and burning. So today I just want to highlight a few things in relationships that truly would be an indication that that's not good. Something's out of place. In order to do so, I need to show you what is good. If you have a Bible, turn with me all the way back to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis, we see the account of creation and God's, you know, intricate, intimate, handiwork in creating humanity genesis chapter 1 speaking of god it says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and he didn't stop there he actually brought fullness to the earth and and the account of creation as each thing is created and as each day passes god continually says of his creation that's good so he creates darkness and light and he says that's good and he creates seeds, and oceans, and fish, and beasts, and and stars, and the moon, and the sun. And he continually says, that's good. And then we see Genesis chapter 1, uh, starting at verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image. God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, in perfect unity, planning the, the, the intricate working of creation, planning the initiation of mankind. God says, let us create mankind in our image and in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move about the ground. Verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them and God Bless them. It goes on to say that God gave them a mandate, be fruitful and multiply and take dominion of the earth. God has purpose built right into creation. And then he concludes this incredible work of creation in verse 31 by saying, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. Over every other aspect of creation, God describes the work as good. But when it comes to humanity, he says that that's very good for some people right now. You just need to embrace and understand as a a foundation for any healthy relationship. You need to understand that God has created you and designed you with purpose and with passion and he loves everything about you. You are beautiful. And when he looks to you, he says, that's very good. And in Genesis chapter 2, it, it speaks of the same narrative, the same happening, but from a different artistic perspective. It's God in his handiwork creating mankind and beginning that work and that process of creation. But, but look at what's exposed here. In Genesis chapter 2, going down uh, to verse 15, it says, The Lord took the man and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to care for it. You see, work is actually not a result of the fall of sin. Work is a a gift that God gave uh, from the very beginning of creation. Anyway, he says this, And the Lord commanded the man, You are free to eat from all the trees in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of that, you'll certainly die. And then the Lord said, catch this, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. It is not good. The first thing that was not good in creation was not bees. It was not, you know, a weather system. It was not a, a political system. It was nothing like that. The first thing in creation that was not good was human isolation. The first thing that caught God's attention, and he said, well, that that's not good, was loneliness. You know, right now, if you are Longing to be in a relationship. Or maybe you're even in a relationship but still feeling lonely. You need to know that in the eyes of God, loneliness is not good. It's why isolation is so challenging. It's why this time of being separate is so difficult. Because we were not intended or created to do life as soloists. We're not intended to do life alone. Being lonely is not good. So what do we do about it? I mean, for many of us, we just... Do whatever we can to never be alone for some we chase after all the wrong types of relationships just to feel that there's some sort of human connection for some people it's like well it's not going to be alone so you're going to find me at the club and then the club shuts down too, to to covid 19 and you have a reminder once again it's really not good being alone or people chase after being in the, the right crowd, the right circle, the right relationship, having the right boyfriend, the right girlfriend, the right marriage, something to make them feel uh, 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 satisfaction in that area of loneliness. But until you understand not only who you are, but whose you are, that loneliness continues to exist. So we know this, that God created humanity and he said that's very good but the loneliness that exists in humanity is is not good. And I think that that same feeling exists today, that when God sees isolated people, He says, that's not good. I think that when God sees people who are are disenfranchised, who are on the fringe, who have been pushed out of, of society, who feel lonely, He says, that's not good. That's why we, as the people of God, that we as the church always need to have eyes for the least and the last and the lost. In fact, the Bible says this, that God puts lonely people in families. Maybe even right now as you're watching, you say, I feel like a lonely person. I want you to know you belong in this family, this family called Vivid Church. We're grateful that you're here. We're so excited that you're part of what God is doing. Because it's not good for people to be alone. Now, what takes place next is God says, I'm going to create a suitable helper. Now, I want to highlight this really quickly. Because I think so often, biblical interpretation uh, takes place that's flawed or faulty, and because of it, it seems to expose mm, prejudices that can exist. It seems to expose flaws in the good news of the gospel. For instance, the thought that that man is created, and he's very good, and then woman is created simply as man's helper. It seems so demeaning. It seems so less than. But you need to know this word helper in the original Hebrew is actually a really powerful word. The word helper is someone who has strengths that complement yours. In fact, God is often referred to with the very same Hebrew term that God is our helper. Another uh, reference to this term helper is an ally when you are fighting a battle. And you're fighting a battle that you're losing, but then your helpers come And the the strength that comes together, you're able to win the victory. I just want to highlight that because I think so often we can look with eyes of ignorance and say, wow, the Bible says men are powerful and women are less than. This is speaking of someone with equal power, with equal strength. In fact, someone with complementary strengths that brings something new to your life. So I just want to clear that up from the the get-go. But today I want to expose, if I could, three uh, ways of thinking that I think are simply not good when it comes to relationship. Three ways of thinking that would be like a gauge on the dashboard, highlighting that something's missing in our ideology. Something's missing in our understanding. And if we don't get this thing right, we're actually going to crash and burn. The first type of thinking is something like this. The thought that life gets good after I get in a relationship. Or that finding the one, now I've finally made it. Or that I can't be fulfilled until I'm not single anymore. You know, that way of thinking is simply not right. In the same way that God says loneliness is not good, the thought that your life has no value until you found someone, that's not good. That is exposing something wrong. In fact, look at what, what God says to Adam saying, yeah, it's not good for you to be alone. I'm about to create someone who is going to help you, who's going to bring some strengths to the equation that you do not have, who's going to complement your strengths. Look at what it says. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all sorts of wild animals and birds of the air, and he brought them to man to see uh, what he would name them. And whatever the man named, the living creatures, that was its name. And so the man gave names to all the livestock, all the birds, and all the wild animals. Here's Adam. Adam's lonely. Adam knows he's lonely. God knows Adam is lonely. God knows that it's not good for Adam to be lonely and so does Adam. And instead of God, you know, saying, "Well, Adam, I don't know what we're going to do until a woman comes. Your life is meaningless." And instead, God says, "Adam, get to work. You still have a purpose to fulfill." I want to say to you right now that relationship, like finding the one or being in the relationship you want to be is not what brings meaning to your life. God has a purpose for your life. I believe that God doesn't want you to be alone. I'm convinced that God has someone in store that is going to bring, you know, a, a fulfillment to the things you do and a different kind of joy and some compliment to what you do. But you still have purpose alone. In fact, your singleness has so much purpose. I think a lot of people waste their singleness. I mean it. They waste the extra time they have, the extra resource they have, the the mental space that they have with only themselves to consider. They waste it completely. And and then what happens is they get into a relationship and they think they can just jumpstart uh, activation. They can just begin to be effective. If you really believe that that person you're going to spend the rest of your life with matters, then start becoming the best you can be right now. Start living in your purpose. You say, I'm not sure, Pastor Justin, if I really have a purpose. Well, the Bible would disagree with you. Let me show you. In the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter two, speaking of the purpose that God has for each one of us, chapter two and verse 10, it says this, for we are God's handiwork. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. He's crafted you specifically and wonderfully to fulfill that purpose. That word handcrafted, we God's handiwork. It's the Greek word "poema," which means we're God's poem. You are a work of art. You are a perfectly designed work of art. And God has not only designed you to live in an art gallery, but to live on purpose and to, to do something to fulfill that call. So right now, Be the very best at your career that you possibly can. Be the best student that you possibly can be. Be be the the healthiest that you can be. Engage in learning new things and in investing your time, your energy, and your resource well. Don't wait to meet someone and then to become the person that God has called you to be. Live in your purpose right now. If you don't, you're going to find that you're ill-prepared to live the fullness of the life that God has for the two of you together. Now, speaking to those of you who are living in relationship, you're dating, you're married, you're, you're in some season of life where you're in a relationship, you might be looking right now and saying, you know what, I did not spend my or invest my singleness well. That's no excuse to continue to throw bad money or good money after bad, as the saying goes. That's no excuse to continue to live in that slump. Even right now, take ownership of the season you're in and begin to live up to the call, that God has on your life, the purpose that he has for you. The second type of wrong thinking that I want to expose, the second gauge, if you will, that would say something's not right there. That's not good is this thought that the only reason I'm single is that there's something wrong with me. In fact, like I got the wrong haircut. I drive the wrong car, I don't have the right kind of job, my style's out of place, maybe I talk funny, maybe like people just aren't swiping right as often as I think they should. That must be a a, a me problem. Look at what what happens for Adam. So he's named all the creatures in in the, the known world. I don't know how long that took, but I'm guessing it was a little bit of effort. He's, he's certainly creative. Crazy that the first act God had for humanity was to be creative just as God is creative. So God created all the animals on, on the planet and then he said to man, name them. And so there's Adam. He's like, ah, I'm going to go with aardvark for this one and uh, dung beetle for that one. Then he names all of creation. And the Bible says this, that amongst that whole task, he just did not find a suitable helper. To be found. There was nothing found that brought the strengths that Adam needed. Yeah, rhinoceroses were powerful, but that wasn't what Adam was looking for. And and you know, eagles were majestic. They just simply did not bring the the connection and the connectedness that Adam was looking for. So, did he stress? Come on, did he did he worry? Did he live in anxiety? No. In fact, the Bible says this. So, the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. I want to encourage some of you right now who are striving and straining and trying to tweak every little thing about your life in order to catch the attention of someone who you think is going to bring you fulfillment. You just need to be at rest. You just need to rest for a minute. You need to be at ease for a moment and understand something about yourself you just as you are are fearfully and wonderfully made look what it says in the book of psalm chapter 139 speaking of you and i and the creative work that god had in in making us the way that he did psalm 139 and and, uh, verse let's go to verse 13 for you created my inmost being and you knit me together In my mother's womb, I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame wasn't hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days are ordained for me, and they were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Now what a beautiful thought that that God has made us beautifully and wonderfully. For some of you, you simply need to stop in front of the mirror and instead of noting all your flaws and thinking it must be the, 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 the shape of my profile or the way my hair falls, that's why I'm Alone? No, no, no. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. And, and for some of you need to just stop in a mirror and say, wow, God, you did all that. Wow. I love what David's saying. He's like, I am awesome. He goes, I know that full well. I'm becoming more and more aware that the thoughts God has for me are good. If you think that the only reason you're not in the relationship you want to be right now is some sort of looks flaw or talent flaw or, or or something that you can tweak, you need to rest. Instead of stressing, just rest for a moment. You see, the reason that that thinking is just not good, it's like a gauge exposing something is overheating and is leading towards crashing and burning. The reason is, if you approach a relationship thinking that the person that you are going to be in relationship with will remind you that you have value. You're putting way too much pressure on them. They're going to constantly be living, having to feed you compliments, flatter your ego. It's too much pressure, and it's actually too much power for anybody to have. Instead, you need to approach the person that you'll spend your life with with a confidence knowing that you are lovingly designed by God. You are beautiful in the eyes of God. You're just the way he made you. Now hear me. I'm not saying you shouldn't work to improve yourself. I'm not saying you shouldn't make an effort. Like if if you're dirty and wondering why you're single, maybe just take a shower. <laughs> if, if if your clothes are all out of whack and you're just wondering why no one notices you, yes, there's things you can do. But don't live assuming that that you need to change you in order to be noticed by someone else. God has thoughts of you that are great. If you were to count them up, they'd outnumber the sands of the seashore. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. For some of y'all, you just need to rest for a minute and know who you are and understand whose you are. The third thing, the third thought I want to expose that I think is simply not good. In fact, it would expose a real, like recent, it's about to take place. You are about to crash and burn if you think this sort of way. And the thought was actually popularized maybe by the the movie Jerry Maguire. It's this simple thought, you complete me. Putting that type of pressure on someone else, you complete me, it indicates that without them, you're incomplete. Without them, you're less than whole. And the truth of the matter is that if you engage in a relationship and you're less than whole, the, the strength that another person brings will not actually supplement what you're lacking, Instead, it will expose that lack. It will expose that insecurity. Look at for Adam. He had named all of the creatures in creation. So he was still busy. He was still working. Even though he was single, he was working to be all that God had called him to be. And then he had a season of rest. And in that rest, it says, Genesis chapter 2, that God took from Adam a rib. Let me show you this real quick. It says, While he rested... I guess God was like the first ana- anesthesiologist. And he put him in a deep sleep. And then the Bible says this in verse 21. And while he was sleeping, God took from the man a rib. And then he closed up that place with flesh. And the Lord God made a woman from the rib that he had taken from the man. And then he brought her to the man. You see, what, what's being shown here is that Adam wasn't lacking anything. and In fact, Adam, if anything, had an overabundance. He had more than he needed. He was completely whole, he was totally complete. If you go into a relationship thinking that the other person will complete you, you have put a pressure on them to be more than full. You know, I remember hearing someone say this way, that the equation of relationship is one plus one equals one. In other words, one whole person plus another whole person equals a whole relationship. But that's just bad math, right? One plus one is two. We all know that. However, it's more like this. One multiplied by one equals one. That's actually good math. And anything less than one, if you were instead to say, someone's like, did I come to church or math class? Just, just go with me for a second. If you were to say 0.5 times 0.5 equals what? What well, actually equals 0.25? You see, if you're less than whole, And what you bring to the relationship is less than whole. It will be multiplied in your relationship. So you come into a relationship saying, I have no confidence. I need her to make me feel confident. I I have no sense of self. I need him to tell me who I am. What's happening is that you are compounding a problem of, of matched insecurities that leaves you less than whole. In fact, I think it's so critical that God not only took a rib from Adam, But before he made the woman, it says he closed up that spot. For some, there are weaknesses that have been exposed in your life. There's pain and hurt and things you've walked through that have exposed weaknesses. I think God wants to heal those up before he brings the right person along. And you're saying, I just need to find a person who will complete me. I feel so insecure, but once I meet someone, they'll make me feel secure. No, no, you need God to fill that wound. You need God to heal that place before he brings the right person along. I'll give you biblical precedence here that God has designed you to be complete. Look at this, James chapter 1. James chapter 1 says this consider it pure joy. This is verse 2. Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Another translation says it this way, so that you may be perfect. God wants you in this season of singleness to be perfected, to understand that you are complete. Instead of looking for someone to complete you, to bring wholeness and wholesomeness to a relationship, to bring a confidence that comes in knowing that you are exactly the way God designed you to be, and bring that to a relationship so that one times one might equal one. There might be wholeness in your relationship. So God creates woman from man's rib. And it says he brings woman to man. Imagine Adam. He goes to sleep alone and he wakes up in relationship. And it's truly love at first sight. Look at what it says. He speaks of the woman. He says, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She, she is to be called woman for she was taken out of man. And this is why man would leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Why is it that they could be naked and unashamed? Because they were whole. They understand whose they were. They understood that they were beautifully and wonderfully made. Why was it that they could be naked and unashamed? Because they were living out their call Already, They were already being who God had called them to be. Why could they be naked and unashamed? Because they didn't need someone else to complete them. See, there's a difference between completed and complemented. God has someone for you who will complement your strengths, not someone whose strengths will supplement or fill in your weaknesses. Complement, not complete. When Adam describes Eve, I just love this. He actually, three times, he says this one right here. Like in, in the original language, he goes, this one? Mm. This one, oh yeah, this one, she's flesh of my flesh. She's bone of my bone. It's like he stops, he's love at first sight. He's like, woo, woman. Oh, this one right here, designed for me, created for me. And he comes with strength and the confidence knowing that he's already fulfilling his call, understanding that he is complete without her, but grateful for the gift that she brings to his life. You know, in Proverbs chapter 18, it says this, he who finds a wife finds what is good. And has also found favor with God. God has purpose in store. If you're watching this right now and you're single, I just want you to know God actually has designed you to live in relationship. And in the meantime, he's calling you to fulfill something. In the meantime, he is calling you to actually rest in him. And in the meantime, there's some areas that maybe need some healing so that you can enter that relationship whole. If you're in a relationship right now and Some of the things I'm saying have exposed maybe that there was some gauges out of whack. You're saying, I'm seeing some things that are not good, and I maybe am beginning to approach that crash and burn stage. I want you to know this, that God, He becomes the third strand. Remember what it said in Ecclesiastes, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. So maybe you feel broken. Maybe your spouse or your loved one feels like there's some brokenness or some tension. But God is immovable, unshakable, unbreakable. And so draw near to God in this season, not alone, but together, come near to God. and He's going to bring strength to your relationship. I'm excited that we get four more weeks talking around this topic. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about communication. We're going to talk about conflict. But first, we simply needed to look at what is good and what's not good. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church Podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.